0: You're listening to News Radio KMAN. Now back to the game with Mitch
1: Fortner, David G, and Troy Coverdale.
0: It is hour two of the game, the game after work, the game after dark. Troy Coverdale will be standing by at Junction City High School, bringing you Manhattan High Hoops tonight. Centennial League play, girls will play first, boys second. Approximate start time is six o'clock. We may have to jump out early if uh, if necessary, but we will be bringing you both games here tonight on K-Man. Uh If you missed it earlier, first segment of the show an hour one of the you can go uh, to SoundCloud or go to newsradiokman.com or search for the game Kman or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I uh, advocating for uh, Marquise Noel to be a best player in the Big 12. Really did. But, um, you know, sure. Sure, in a few months, Jalen Wilson of Kansas will get his Lifetime Achievement Award and uh, not enough point cards. Win player of the year in the Big 12. It just doesn't really happen unless you're, uh, you can be Frank Mason cool or Marcus Smart cool or. I don't know if there's very many others that have won uh, player in the year in the Big 12 that were point guards. Can't think of anybody. Frank Mason. Marcus Smart. Oh, my memory's not that good, but that was actually pretty good for memory, honestly. Remember those two. Devontae Graham. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Devontae Graham had pretty good stats his senior year. I bet, yeah. Might have to look into that anyway. i have to double-check on that a little bit later. What I do want to bring to your attention, this is uh, I thought this was very cool. Uh, Dick Vitale actually just sent out a tweet just praising what K-State basketball has done so far. I know it was uh, not too long ago. He, he he did send out a tweet about just Keontae Johnson and how he has probably the best story, best comeback story in college bo- uh, basketball, and I think there's no doubt about that. Uh, but this was about 20 minutes ago. Dick Vitale said, quote, one of the great hires last year was – K-State men's basketball's Drum Tang was a vital part of Baylor men's basketball success while working with Scott Drew in building an elite program. Coach Tang has the Wildcats 13 and one and face Baylor tomorrow. Start for K-Star for K-State has been Keontae Johnson, ex Florida PTP. I'm glad he ended it with that. That was a uh, that was pretty cool ptp prime uh, primetime player. Therefore. Uh, for Kansas State Also saying uh, Vince McMahon is trending on Twitter And you know that would trigger me a little bit If you listen to the show If you're new to this show, welcome it was Six months ago, Vince McMahon stepping down from the WWE As uh, basically boss Chair of the board Has uh, been paying off some gals Some hush money So his affairs didn't get out there Now he is jumping back in So he can sell the WWE <sighs> They have a media rights deal coming up Media rights deals coming up, and I think they're going to lose some money. I think stocks are going to go down, even though Triple H took over. I think, uh, US, USA, along with Fox, they're going to say less money this time around, guys. The ratings are going down. Meanwhile, AEW is kind of staying, uh, staying, staying even keel, right around a million, which is a really good number for Wednesday nights on, uh, on TBS. All right, coming up, um, Tomorrow, 5 o'clock is a tip-off. Pre-game coverage uh, will be in our sister station, 101.5 Rock, beginning at 4 because the Chiefs play tomorrow afternoon against the Raiders. And so uh, we'll have to put the, the K-State men on our sister station. They take on the Baylor Bears, the 19th-ranked team in the country. 5 o'clock, pre-game at 4 from the Farrell Center in Waco. Since the game is tomorrow, we're live right now on the radio. Mitch Fortner with Travion Birkeland. We got to bring you some Mitch Palm.
2: Here's Mitch Palm with tonight's prediction. Tomorrow
0: night's prediction, that is. I didn't realize this. Baylor has won seven straight against the Cats. It doesn't surprise me. It just when that that number hits you in the face, seven straight, you're like Jesus. Yeah, things need to turn around fast. Baylor winning seven straight. Yeah, I'm sure it's been since the uh, conference championship season. Maybe the season after. I don't know how long it's been. A while, I guess it's been a few years. But K-State 13-1 is their record. K-State has won seven straight. And their 2-0 record in Big 12 play. That's the first and 2-0 start in the conference in nine years, if you can believe that. It's been ten years. Since the Cats have started three in a row, and that was also a year they started 4-0 in conference play. Baylor, the 19th-ranked team in the country. They will be dropping in the rankings with the next poll coming out after this weekend. They are 10-4 and with an 0-2 record in conference play. Baylor has lost two straight. A very heartbreaking loss a couple of days ago in Waco against TCU, who's also in the top 25. That is a scary team, is yes, TCU. They're scary. Very scary. And the Cats will be heading to Fort Worth here very soon. By the way, Fort Worth last game, drum tang, was with Baylor. Was in uh, the NCAA tournament in Fort Worth. They lost to uh, North Carolina. Anyway, that's not important. Baylor leads the all-time series 25-23. Cats with a losing record in Waco 11-8. and Baylor, this you, you always find this uh, stat in their, uh, in their media guide. Is their record against unranked teams in the last three years, 45-6. Against unranked teams But of course Excuse me Baylor has been ranked In the top 25 Seems like for the last Five years straight Alright so Here is a huge key And this scares Mitch Palm a little bit And I talked To Ashley Hodge About this Earlier in the show And that's Baylor's three point shooting So Baylor has Three guys That can tear it up Offensively Keontae George Who is a newcomer He's a freshman This year He was a five star guy Excellent player 16.5 points per game. Adam Flagler, 16.2 points per game. He's an upperclassman, and so is L.J. Cryer, who seemed like halfway through last year's schedule, he was leading the team in points every game. He's at 15 points a contest. Flagler, George, Cryer, all in the top 10 in the Big 12 in points per game this year. They're the only team in the conference to have three in the top 10. They are going to shoot the three. This is a scary, scary team with three-point shooting. The Bears, though, they take a lot of threes. They shoot 27 a game. That is in the top 25 in the country. That is by far the most in the Big 12. If you leave Baylor open, they are going to knock down those three-point shots. I mean, the numbers continue to, to get scarier, in my opinion. We'll start with the least scariest. They're a 36% three-point shooting team. Of course, that's not bad. But K-State can also say they're, you know, not bad at three-point shooting. They're right around that mark as well. Both Baylor and K-State are in the middle of the pack in the Big 12. That's because other players on the team other than Flagler, George, and Cryer kind of drag the numbers down a little bit. But Flagler, George, and Cryer together, and I think they're one of the more deadlier uh, trios... In college basketball, when it comes to guard play, they're all guards. They are all three in the top 12 of the conference in three-point field goal makes per game. Together, they make 8.43s per game. And Flagler, Adam Flagler, is the best three-point shooter in the Big 12 when it comes to makes per game. 3.2 a contest. Now to add to that, Baylor as a team, man, do they make threes? God dang! So Baylor's played 14 games this year. I'll 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 let you I'll let you discuss it here in the vehicle or wherever you're listening to the show. Out of their 14 games, how many times has Baylor made at least 10 threes in a game? Let you think about it for a second. You ever guess? The answer is eight. Eight times, Baylor has made at least ten threes in a game. They had 19 at Iowa State. Let me double-check that. That might be a typo. That might be 15. Anyway, whatever. It was a lot. All right, it was a lot. Uh, that's, That's such a high number, I think it's a typo. But anyway... You know, one game this season as well, I I, I saw where I did there. Okay, that, that was a different stat. I, I lost my spot here. All right, we're back on track. So, out of their 14 games, they had 11 against TCU, 11 against Virginia, 15. That was a high. That was what I was thinking about earlier. 15 against Norfolk State. Man, eight games this year, at least 10 three-pointers. That's an insane number. Baylor is the second-best scoring team in the conference, 80 points a game. They also followed their shots. They're a very good offensive rebounding team, second-best in the Big 12 with 12 a contest. What I was referencing to with 19 earlier is the turnovers. Baylor kind of turns it over a little bit in each and every game. 14.3 turnovers per game. That's not the worst in the conference. But lately, they've been kind of bad about turnovers has has baylor in the last eight games they've turned it over at least 13 times in the last eight games they had 19 at iowa state that was, what I was getting too earlier and that was two games ago and only one game this season have they had less than 10 turnovers and that was in the first game of the season and Keontae george who i was bragging about earlier being such a great three-point shooter and also just being this elite freshman he could definitely be a one and done He's a victim of turnovers. He averaged just three and a half a game. That's a very high number. And also, I want to bring up with Baylor their defense. I think Baylor has is a bit rough defensively. And I think a big piece of that puzzle when it comes to the defense, and I think where they do struggle is down in the paint, even though they do have a shot blocker in Jalen Bridges. I think inside the yard, they struggle with defense. And it would be a big compliment to Baylor's defense if they had Jonathan Chachua. JCC last year was co-defensive player in the year in the conference, and he was coming off the bench. He embarrassed K-State last year, especially in the game in Waco. He did whatever he wanted. Nobody could score against Jonathan Chachwa Just as a whole, the game in Waco last year was was a big embarrassment to the team. K-State was much more competitive and was able to uh, you know, maybe expose a few of their woes defensively in the game last year, but it was also last year – in Manhattan, which turned into a double-digit loss after being tied at the half. I think that was Marquise Noel's worst game as a Wildcat. Didn't score, few turnovers, just really couldn't hit a shot. Just couldn't buy a basket. But, man, Baylor's defense is really suspect. They are the worst defense in the Big 12 in scoring, field goal percentage, three-point defense. They are the worst in the Big 12. Both Iowa State and TCU shot 50% against Baylor so K-State should be able to score some points Ken Palm has K-State's chances of winning in Waco 35 percent Baylor winning 37 30 uh make that uh, check that 77 72 you know what I'm giving K-State the nod here Mitch Palm thinks K-State can get it done in Waco but it's going to be close and it's going to be a little bit more high scoring than that Texas would be second place as worst defense in the conference other than Baylor, I think if you just look at the numbers, if you look at the statistics, Mitch Palm gives K State a 52 percent chance of winning this game. The Ca- uh, the Bears are going to be honoring Jerome Tang before the game. I think that's a mistake. Mitch Palm thinks it's a mistake. You're just gonna just gonna get this K State team even more fired up to come into Waco and beat Scott Drew and the Baylor Bears. I think K State wins the game, 83 to 81. And that's Mitch Palm. Did we have a call? Okay. With that, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear the best of Jerome Tang's press conference earlier today after these words. All right, this goes out to uh, the two gentlemen that complained to me at the K-State Sugar Bowl pep rally that I don't play enough modern number one songs of the day. So here you go.
2: Modern. I,
0: yeah, it's twelve years old. <laughs> I mean, in the 2010s is what I'm talking about—the decade. Uh, also, this is one of the more cleaner songs I could find that was also popular. Now, I was in college when this song came out. I don't remember this because this song's kind of like kind of about going out in the club. I don't remember this song ever being played when I would go out from 2010. I'm a B. B E is how it's spelled. Uh, by the Black Eyed Peas. Two weeks at number one. Also, Travion, I thought you might like this one.
2: It's a banger. Reminds banger, me huh? of going to the pool, you know, in Guys. elementary school with my, you know, Capri Sun and vibing out, <laughs> literally thinking the song was about bees. Shout out to Capri Sun. Those were nice on a hot day. Mm-hmm.
0: I, w- I remember Capri Sun. The only time I'd ever drink them was when they were in a Lunchable.
2: They're good in a lunchable for sure.
0: And my mom, my parents had uh, had that kind of lunchable money that oh, came yeah. that came with the Capri Sun. You also got the candy
2: if you're lucky enough, the Oreo cookie. Yeah,
0: yeah. I also remember like the vanilla, the vanilla Oreo type of cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good days. Hell, I still buy some once in a while like you know why not it's a good little snack well, option and someday the stores will have a sale like the the they're the, the, just the regular lunchables like also like the not the the, the the nacho one is all right but like mm-hmm. the turkey cheese right they're like a dollar a piece right and right. I'm not gonna lie I'll buy 15 <laughs> <laughs> they hit the spot they really do uh all right black-eyed peas
2: can you tell me the four in the black-eyed peas without looking? Uh, I mean, Will I Am, Fergie, the other guys I can never remember. Taboo and uh, Apple the App. Is that how you say it?
0: Helen the App. Apple the App. Kim Hill used to be in it, and then she left. Fergie took over. Fergie left three years ago, and someone else took over. Anyway, uh, they were ranked twelfth on Billboard's 2000s decade-in-artist list a decade chart and 7th on the hot 100 artists of the 2000s or the 2010s or whatever. It's because they had all their number ones were on the same album and that album was called The End, E N D, abbreviation for the energy never dies. Their fifth album. By the way, 9 studio albums, 15 top 40 hits. I thought they would had more than that. And this was their third of three number ones. So song facts calculated, and I'm a B is repeated 98 times in the song.
2: That's not surprising.
0: And uh, when this topped the Billboard Hot 100 following Boom Boom Pow and I Got a Feeling, the Black Eyed Peas became the first duo or group to score three number ones from one album for 19 years Oh wow The last to do it before them was Believe it or not, Wilson Phillips Okay They, Yes, they Known for one song had three number one hits Off one album Hold on, release me, and you're in love Everybody I know knows. hold on Yeah, everybody knows hold on For one more day This was the second time Fergie Had achieved this feat Having three number ones on one album She had it as a solo artist with and it was the album The Duchess with London Bridge, Big Girls Don't Claw, Cry, and of course, Glamorous. And that was before this album with the Black Eyed Peas. And then this place, the Black Eyed Peas, are joined with Usher's 2004 Confessions album to have their singles from the same album spend the most weeks on top of the Billboard Hot 100 at 28. Then Drake came along with Scorpion and his hits from one album that went number one, collectively, 29 weeks. So, sorry, Fergie. That's crazy. Sorry, Usher. But apparently people like Drake. All right, so here's the situation. I'm over this song. I'm I'm more than happy to move on. I don't have anything else to say. I just threw out the facts. Number one song of the day for you. I know Travion's been working away, and it's time for ask us anything. As we got about like like four minutes left before we send it out to Troy at Junction
2: City. Raito, do you have a favorite childhood video game? And let me see if Owen's mic works here.
0: So I had uh, I had an N sixty four. Well, actually, before that, I had the NES, the original Nintendo, and I remember uh, Duck Hunt. I was a big fan of that, along with, with Mario Brothers. It was like the combo in one mm-hmm. cartridge. Yep. Yep. When I had the N64, I might have to go with WWF No Mercy. That was an absolute I'm that's still to this day one of the greatest N64 games of all time. When it comes to wrestling games, it's also one of the best. Owen Burke, who's one of our board ops, is joining us. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's Travion, his microphone's not working. What's going on? Should we go? Yeah, there, there we go.
1: Okay. So First of all, great pick. Uh, The N64 was definitely before my time, but I remember going over to my my grandma's house over the holidays, and she had an old N64 in the basement. No Mercy, fantastic. I think we had 2000, I think it was maybe WrestleMania X7 or something like that. We had a couple of the the wrestling ones, my... WCW,
0: NWO, Revenge?
1: Yeah, all my 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 cousins and I tore it up over the holidays. So, uh, favorite video game growing up? That's really tough. I mean, any wrestling game is going to be up there. Um, actually, I'll have to go Madden 05. I think that was the first Madden. Ooh, is that the one with Michael Vick? No, that was 04. 05 oh. was Ray Lewis. Okay. That was the first year they added the hit stick. Of course, uh-huh. I'm a Ravens fan too, so it all just loops together perfectly. It was the first okay. Madden I ever had. That one's got to be up there for me.
0: The the mid two thousands Madden's were, I think peak. They were peak Madden. Also, that's when ESPN came out with two K. Yeah. And I I can't remember who was on the cover, but that, I think that might be the best NFL game of all time. Uh, but uh, shout out to Lindsay and my family. They hooked me up with an Xbox Series X hey, for Christmas, ooh, and it go. looks it Booshy. is phenomenal. That's fantastic. The picture's phenomenal. What else you got there, Trey?
2: Um. Do you have like a master list of questions and you're just kind of picking yes. them out? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, what is your favorite baked good? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's tough.
0: I mean, cook- I I go cookies. I'm a big cookie guy. I love like cookies and ice cream. Um, I'll tell you what, in high school, I used to buy, they like on the card they would sell like just a stack of two or three cookies and then you get an ice cream cone. I always take like. Chocolate chip m M&M and cookies and dip it into chocolate ice cream. Oh, my God. Haven't had it since high school like that. It was insanely good. Sounds good. Um, so baked goods. I th- I'm trying to think if I'm, I hope I'm not leaving anything out. Oh, I might have to go brownies. I yep. think brownies is the way to go. Brownies right. are pretty
2: goaded. But I do like a good, you know, well-made donut.
1: Ooh,
0: dang! Yeah, don't—I didn't even think about donuts. Donuts yeah. are uh, the place right up here, up the hill, next to La Fiesta. La, oh, they make great donuts. Just a chocolate glaze—it—it it, it hits.
1: Yeah, it's phenomenal. Super simple. You don't have to get super fancy. I think that's the thing that we lose today. It's just—we could be simple with it and still be good. I think cookies is the gut reaction. I'm definitely more of a brownie guy myself. Um, gotta oh, get a centerpiece. Owen, oh, where are you from? Uh, from Wichita originally. Do you uh? Did your family ever have cinnamon rolls with chili? So that was the thing that we did. So not at home, but at, at school. schools all the yeah. time. Yeah. So it's not something that I'm ever used to around the house, but definitely school lunches all the time. And I enjoyed it. So I know that's a
0: Kansas thing, but I think I never had it with family. Like, we never did that. I think, no. it's, I think it's just a school thing. Not a lot of families do that. All right. We got to go. Troy Coverdale's is at Junction City High School. He takes over with Manhattan High Hoops. Up next, go cats.